Two Geeks, Two Beers. Episode 34, Batman, the Animated Series. Is a stout better than the last so time. less frothy? Yeah, cheers. This is gonna be a difficult drink. <laughs> well, hello, uh, and welcome to a new episode of Two Geeks, Two Beers. Uh, I'm Morgan Jeffrey, your drunk knight, <laughs> <laughs> and with me is the boy wonder. Yeah, boy, it's Tom Eames. I always, whenever I envisioned uh, myself as a superhero, mm. I wasn't ever cool enough, even in my own dreams, to be. Like the main ones, so always, I'd always be Robin. You'd always be Robin. So, yeah. I'd always be Batman, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, what are we talking about in this episode? Uh, well, yes, I am doing another comic book inspired TV series quite soon after our Hulk, Hulk episode. Hulk. Hulk. <laughs> and, uh, but that's because 2017 marks 25 years uh, since Batman the Animated Series hit our screens. So, what, what are your memories? Of Batman the Not series. much, to be honest. I do remember, I'm sure it was on Saturday morning telly, mm. whether it was Live and Kicking or SMTV, one of the two. It was, it, I, I think it might have even predated SMTV. Yeah. It was quite, it was, quite, it was early, it might have been you're, you're talking early 90s. And I do remember... So, but it was on ITV, so, oh, okay. so I think it, it... I do remember it being on telly, mm. um, but as a lot of these comic book things, I was never into the comics, I was no. never really into superheroes and anything like that, so it did kind of pass me by, but I'm aware of the way Batman looked in that cartoon mm. in, in looking slick and mm. awesome. Well, we'll get onto that. So, it was a Saturday morning fixture for me, um, but at the time, I preferred the slightly frothier kind of X-Men, which I did an X-Men yeah. episode, uh, Spider-Man cartoons of the 90s, which that will no doubt be a future episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I've grown older, I have come to appreciate Batman, <clears throat> the animated series, a whole lot more. Now... You struggled with the uh, beard, didn't you? I'm, I'm sorry. So, so... Yeah, I, I was on a roll, wasn't I? I was on, I was on a, a, a strong run where, yeah. I, where I had what was it? it was some kind of monkey beer for Planet of the Apes. Yeah. I had my gamma ray beer for, 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 for the Hulk good. episode. We're drinking a dark stout yeah. for an episode about the dark, yeah. about the Dark Knight. Yeah. Uh, Guinness for an extra. See, our problem is we imported. We don't. It's not like we know what we're doing <laughs> months in advance that we could plan just, the beers. Just, sorry, just stop there. See, our problem is. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Cheers. I'll drink to that. Quite nice though. I mean, I do like Guinness, and mm. this is a very stouty Guinness, so I'm never going to be annoyed about that. So, as we drink our dark stout, let me tell you about the Dark Knight. Mm. Uh, so, Batman the Animated Series uh, it premiered on the Fox Network's children's block, Fox Kids, uh, on September the 5th, 1992. Going on to win four Emmy Awards. Oh. So uh, was this after Keaton? Yes, so we'll get on to that. Oh, okay. So yeah, it won four Emmy Awards, including uh, Outstanding Animated Programme. Uh, it was developed by writer-producer Bruce Tim and artist-producer Eric Radomski. 
and it aired on Fox Kids from September 5th, 1992 to September 15th, uh, 1995, putting out a total of 85 episodes. Wow. Uh, it was aired as, wow, it was aired as two... More episodes than Red Dwarf. <laughs> yeah. And it was aired as two seasons of 65 and 20 episodes. So that first season <coughs> transmitted over an entire year. Bloody hell. In the wake of the success of Tim Burton's 1989 Batman. You know what happened to this guy, Jack? Made mistakes. And then he had us. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. Never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> uh, Bruce, Tim, and Eric Radomski produced a two-minute animated short called The Dark Knight's First Night as a taster for Fox executives as a kind of like mini pilot. And you can see that pilot, it's available to watch to all the usual places online, although the original audio has been lost. Uh, and the pilot's narrative in which Batman foils a jewellery heist on a rooftop was later reused for the final show's first opening sequence set to Danny Elfman's theme from Burton's 89 Batman. that and then you think back to Bike on Ice from Mars and just think god that was shoddy wasn't it both badass in their own way but I'm sure we get on to it but you know there's still the old Batman sort of animated movie mm. thing mm. is that in this world I will get on to that is it, is, is it in this world you're correct oh, okay, so some of them some are some are okay. um, but, but bloody good animation it's though. good right it looks yeah. slick even yeah. now and an interesting factoid uh, the title of the show never actually appears on screen. Hmm. Uh, the producers apparently decided that since Batman was an instantly recognisable character, that anyone in any language would be able to tell what the show was about, so you don't have the name of the character like on the screen. Beatles White Album. Fuck it. We're good enough without it. <laughs> Very much like that. So the show is, is, is chiefly known as Batman the Animated Series, or just plain Batman, but yeah. it really doesn't actually have a title. Yeah. Uh, so after that Dark Knight's uh, first night uh, mini-pilot, Fox were impressed but they had concerns about the rather adult tone of the mm. planned series. However, Tim and uh, Radomski were given the green light to produce a second full-length pilot episode on Leather Wings, which, according to Tim, got a lot of people off our backs. Uh, their inspirations for the series, beyond just the two Burton movies, which were at the time, so by this time, Batman Returns had also come okay. out, but their inspirations were Art Deco designs, uh, the film noir genre, mm. and a series of acclaimed Superman animated shorts uh, produced by Fleischer Studios in the early 1940s. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. 
able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, this amazing stranger from the planet Krypton, the Man of Steel, Superman. Possessing remarkable physical strength, Superman fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice, disguised as a mild-mannered newspaper reporter, Clark Kent. Now, I don't know if I'm a little bit drunk, <laughs> but I was watching that and just mesmerised by mesmerised by how good the animation was. Like, that's the nineteen forties, and that looked just as good as the Batman thing you just showed me. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, although they were very influential, those early animated shorts, and as we discussed, one of the reasons that that Batman the animated series is generally held in higher regard than its comic book TV contemporaries like uh, X Men and Spider Man, which were also on on the Fox network was its superior level of animation. So why was that? Uh, it was just, just... It's better. Just there. <laughs> just, just, uh, there was more thought that went into the design yeah. of it. A lot of thought went into the design and, and the look of this series. So the visual style was based on the artwork of uh, Radomski, a style that came to be known as Dark Deco, uh, hmm. with animators painting on black paper rather than the usual white to create a stark and striking look. For the series and like Burton's movies but even more so the animated series fused old style architecture with futuristic technology so you'd have Bruce Wayne's you know incredible gadgets mm. but alongside vintage cars police airships which were never a thing but it's cool isn't it? it looks good looks good and black and white television sets all of which gave the series an oddly nostalgic yet futuristic feel uh, now casting the casting <laughs> was, across the board, uh, fantastic. Most significantly in the casting of the Dark Knight mm. and his chief nemesis. So over 150 actors auditioned for the part of Batman before Kevin Conroy... Kevin Conroy! <laughs> ...came in and, uh, and nailed the part, much to his own surprise. The whole experience was so bizarre. It just doesn't happen. It was the first animated character I ever auditioned for. I had never done animation. I had only done theater and television, and I'd done commercial voiceovers to supplement my New York theater habit. Um, and my voiceover agent said, oh, they're putting together a new series over at Warner Brothers. Go read for it. It's Batman. And I didn't even know it had never been an animated series. I said, Batman, that's been around forever. Of course, that's already been a series. And he said, no, 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 there's never been an animated show of Batman. It was just the, the Adam West TV show. But uh, this is the first. So I went in completely naive. Completely naive. It was just an actor going into a booth and improvising. Um, I didn't know who Bruce Tim was or Paul Dini or Andrea Romano. I mean, these people were stars in their field. I didn't know who any of them were. So it was a blessing because I was completely unintimidated. I had no anticipation of what to expect from myself. And I just winged it. And it was just a bizarre coincidence of the right actor for the right role at the right time because they offered it to me on the spot wow. and Andrea told me that they'd seen over 500 people she said we cannot find this character and you just walked in so it was just and the reason I think I nailed it was because I approached it as I would a classical role. When they described to me, because they said, what do you know about Batman? And I said, well, I know the Adam West show from the 70s. And they said, no, 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 that's not what we're doing. That, that, you know, we love Adam West, but that was campy and that was broad and that's not 
that's not Batman. It's, it's you know, they said that the film noir, the darkness, the tragedy of his childhood, his parents murdered before him, living in a cave, two personalities. I said, my God, you're you're describing a classic, tragic, this is like Hamlet story. This is so tragic. And he said, well, Bruce, Bruce Tim said, well, no one's made that analogy. You just go with it. See where it goes. So I approached it the way you would a great... Um, a Shakespeare tragedy or, or a, a, a Greek, you know, uh, Orestes, a Greek tragic hero. It's that kind of tragic um, passion in the character. And it led me to this dark, just this dark, brooding kind of place um, that was perfect for the role. So it was just a bizarre hand-in-glove kind of thing where the right actor for the right role happened to walk into the room on the right day. Of the role, Conroy said, Batman is who he is. That's not the role. And I think that's a trap that a lot of the live-action actors fall into when they put on a voice and it sounds weird. It's because they're putting on a voice instead of being the voice. Like Christian audiences Bale. can see it. So when Christian Bale's going, Swear to me! You'll be in a battle cage forever. <laughs> what? I said you'd be in a cage forever. Oh, right. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Whereas, the way Conroy saw it, Batman's the real deal. Bruce Wayne is the persona that he, that he puts on. Mm. I think, personally, I think it goes a little bit deeper than that in Conroy's performance. So, he sort of perfects three very distinct vocal performances. So, you've got uh, Bruce Wayne, who's this kind of, you know, suave, but bore. Don't care for the decor. Not hardly. All those horrible faces grinning at me. That would do things to my mind after a while. So he's like, oh, I'm Ben Bruce Wayne. You know, yeah, great. It was great being rich and handsome. <laughs> then you've got uh, Batman, who's, you know, he's terrifying the, the criminals. He's, he's, you know, the criminal scourge. I'm still going to work toward a city that doesn't need Batman. Me too. And then you've got the re his real voice, which is sort of somewhere in the middle. I'm not looking for any illegal favors. What then? Something you know. Something only you can give me. Tell me about my father. Uh, and he's kind of, he kind of talks like he's a little bit of the gravel, but also a little bit of the Bruce Wayne. Uh, so it's, it's clever. Yeah. It's layered, it's layered. <laughs> um, and so universally praised was Conroy's work that he still periodically returns to the role of the Cape Crusader, uh, most recently uh, in the video game Injustice 2, which only oh. came out this year. You've got to lighten up a little. What part of Dark Knight don't you get? And also the animated film uh, Batman and Harley Quinn, which was produced again this year to mark the original show's silver anniversary. Now, the Joker. Mm. Do you know who plays the Joker? Was it Mark Hamill? It is Mark Hamill. Ah, I didn't um, know it was in this series. I know he does the Joker. Yeah, so this is where Mark Hamill first played the Joker. Ah. Originally cast as the Joker, Tim Curry. Uh, wow. Who's, you know, of course, he's, he's yeah. back in sort of public consciousness at the moment because of the, the It remake yeah. just come out in cinemas. Drop the gun. <laughs> Pick up the gun. Drop the gun. An underrated uh, role in, in, in uh, Tim Curry's. Loaded Weapon yeah, 1. Uh, yeah, back catalogue. Loaded yeah. Weapon 1. Drop your gun, Mr. Luger. I don't have one. You are not carrying a weapon. Don't believe in them. Pick up the gun. Drop the gun. Luger. And Clue. Clue. Can we do a Tim Curry episode? We'll do a Tim, Tim, we're going to do a Tim Curry episode. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um, so Tim Curry was initially cast as the voice of the Joker, but after recording audio for four episodes, he was replaced by Mark yeah. Hamill. <laughs> uh, it's long been said 
that Curry's take on the role was considered too scary for kids. <laughs> uh, although Curry recently alleged that producers fired him after he contracted bronchitis Jesus. and was unable to continue recording. Bit harsh. Bit of a dick move. Yeah, a bit of a dick move. Kicking uh, a man while he's down. <laughs> bronchitis. Uh, Mark Hamill, famous of course as uh, star of uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special, mm-hmm. uh, he ended up creating a, a second performance which was just as iconic as yeah. Luke Skywalker um, in playing the Clown Prince of Crime. I've become familiar with him over the years. I'm very, very fond of him. I hate, again, this is, shouldn't be, should be on a psychiatrist's couch somewhere, not on front of a camera, but uh, you kind of, uh, it's like putting on an old pair of running shoes or, you know, that pair of jeans, your lucky pair of jeans. Once you uh, get into his uh, mind, uh, it's really welcoming. I mean, it's liberating in a way because he gets to do so many things that I can't do in civilized society. I mean, I love his ego. I love his humor, um, his theatricality. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoy him in, in ways I can't say. And Nothing like a moonlight dip, eh, Mr. Mayor? <laughs> Please, just make your ransom demands and get on with it. Oh, no ransom this time, Hammy. You can't mean... Oh, yes, indeed he do. Instead of taking you, the cops, and the Batman down separately, I'm going to blast you all at once. Send down the plane, boys. We're blowing town. Literally. He did um, the Joker in all the Arkham games as well, didn't he? Did yeah, as, as did yeah. Kevin Conroy, did the um, voice of Batman in all the Arkham games, yeah. Great games. So my only uh, bugbear with the casting at the time, so there's this guy Ed Asner, <laughs> right? I've heard of Ed Asner, what Ed, is he? Well, he's a very famous, uh, very famous actor. He was in... No, I can't think of anything Ed Asner. Wasn't he the one in the X-Files Christmas special we talked about? Yes. It was like staring Ed Asner. Ed is staring Ed Asner. <laughs> yeah, uh, check back out our first uh, Christmas episode. Still alive, 87 years old. Yeah, no, Ed Asner, uh, an actor and a voice ah, actor. Ah, he was Carl and Up. There we go. All right. Uh, also, most known for his role as Lou Grant in the Mary Tyler Moore Show and its spin-off series, Lou Grant. And Santa and Elf. Yes. So he did the voice of... Uh, this crime boss, Roland Daggett, mm-hmm. right, in Batman. But he also played Spider-Man's boss, J. Jonah Jameson, in, the, in Fox's 90s Spider-Man cartoon series. That's confusing. It was distracting, because they had the same voice. Yeah. It was a bit like an early precursor to where we are now, where Tom Hardy is cast as Venom. Yeah. Just five years after playing Bane, Lawrence Fishburne can be Perry White and in Ant-Man 2, and Ryan Reynolds has played every single superhero at least once. You're not allowed, once you're in one cinematic universe, allowed. you're not allowed another one? Should be allowed, at least for like, at least for like 15 years. <laughs> you shouldn't. <laughs> it's like when copyright runs out, you're allowed there. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. It's like, it's uh, like, like that, that actor's back in the public domain <laughs> and can once more be cast in comic book movies. There's enough actors. Yeah. You know, you stop, stop casting the same actors in comic book movies. <laughs> Seriously. Lawrence Fishburne, he's still doing Perry White. Yeah. Can't jump back can't and forth. Be in, it definitely can't be in two at once. No. I miss the days when Marvel and DC were like proper rivals and there was no yeah. crossover. Anyway, <laughs> so another big reason that Batman the Animated Series stood out was its tone. So like other animated series on Fox at the time, it was subject to censorship. Mm. Though nothing as ludicrous as Spider-Man's uh, pigeon-protecting oh, yeah. ruling, yeah. Uh, as we referenced previously. Uh, so there were no open wounds were allowed. 
Oh, like, fuck it then. Can't oh, have an open wound. Can't have a gaping wound. Oh. Let's just pack it, pack it in, guys. Uh, no blood, no heavy gun violence, no strangling or neck grabs. No fun, basically. Uh, no alcohol references and, and no smoking and no child endangerment. Uh, which meant that when uh, Robin was later introduced to the show he had, he had to, be, to be like 19 at least yeah exactly he had to be but, portrayed as a young adult rather than a young teen because you couldn't show a child being in danger I suppose though it kind of works because Batman doesn't want to kill anyone so there's not going to be much blood if, on his watch I mean but you've got like you know the Joker and, yeah. and, and you know and, and the Penguin talking about and these pretty vicious yeah. villains doesn't really work but <laughs> let's, just, let's just go with it um, however uh, nonetheless, the the, they, the the team behind Batman animated series kind of worked around the censorship, so characters did sustain visible injuries. Villains fire uh, realistic firearms, unlike in say X Men or Spider Man, where there was laser guns. <laughs> <sighs> um, but more importantly, the show also tackled real issues like drug addiction, uh, disfigurement, poverty, loneliness, and the tone is often as pitch black as the visuals. <laughs> I came up with that. Like, oh. um, and so the show originally aired on weekday afternoons at 4.30pm, uh, but in uh, December, just three months after its debut, Fox also began airing episodes of the series on primetime Sunday evenings. So it was something that was intended as a Saturday morning kids cartoon, but ended up airing in primetime. It could do both. It could, it could, do, it could do both. <laughs> now I know what you're thinking. What are my, some of my favourite episodes? Well, I'll tell you, listeners. <laughs> I, I don't know how you knew I was thinking. Uh, I, can, I can just read your mind. We're in yeah. sync at this point, having yeah. done... 34 episodes of two weeks um, so of course with so many episodes produced not every one is going to be a winner and the less said about the forgotten was there a Christmas one in which he makes dinner with uh, poison ivy no but like there, 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 was, there was the forgotten in which Bruce Wayne loses his memory and becomes a champion of the homeless okay let's, let's, let's move on from that uh, but there are some real belters across the original uh, 85 episode run Highlights include Season 1, Episode uh, 4 and 5, which is the disturbing two-parter Feet of Clay, uh, which fa- features a fantastic guest performance from Ron Perlman as, uh, as Matt Hagen, a disfigured movie actor transformed by cruel crooks into the monstrous Clayface. Now, talking about the, the, kind of the adult tone of Batman the Animated Series, this scene, in which thugs drown Hagen in the chemical he needs to fix his disfigured face, this scene shit me up as a kid this scene absolutely gave me nightmares as a kid and I still find it a little bit unsettling now if I'm honest let's have a look come on Hagen we're going for a little ride forget it I know what that means wait I got an idea hold on Boy wanted more of this stuff, then let's give it to him. Oh, not that way. Please. Let's give him all he'll ever need. What's going on there? He turned into goo because he's become Clayface. But you know, just you know, some just, just a fun Saturday morning cartoon. Nah. That was like something out of um, a Tarantino film. Like. But that reminded <laughs> me of you know, it was either X Men or X Men Two where mm-hmm. that. Um, politician just turned into water. Oh yeah, the first X Men. Sort of freaked me out. That yeah, one. Yeah, it was yeah, really horrible. Right? Out, it's it's too, too far. Too yeah. far. 
Don't don't turn people into goo. No. I don't like it. I don't like it when people turn into back, goo. Because you, you, you can't come back from that. <laughs> um, another another uh, top episode, season one, episode seven, the chilling and hilarious Joker's favor, in which uh, a sad sack family man Charlie Collins. Did you write sad sack? I did. I did. I, no, like, I think that was in the official like, description. No, I like the word sad sack. sad sack. Sad sack family man Charlie Collins is ruthlessly manipulated by the Joker. Uh, season one, episode thirteen, the Rashomon inspired POV. Uh, which examines a failed bust from the perspective of three different cops. Uh, there's season one, episode 14. A uh, big fan favourite, this one, Heart of Ice, which uh, transformed Mr. Freeze into a tragic figure. More on that later. Even if you have to kill everyone in the building to do it. Think of it, Batman. To never again walk on a summer's day with a hot wind in your face and a warm hand to hold. Oh yes, I'd kill for that. And then uh, there was also season one, episode eighteen, "Beware the Grey Ghost," in which Adam West, Adam West, oh, wow. makes a knowing cameo as Simon Trent, an actor who, as his TV alter ego, the Grey Ghost, inspired a young Bruce Wayne. This place is amazing. It's just like the Grey Ghost's lair. It's almost an exact replica. Let me show you something else. <gasps> As a kid, I used to watch you with my father. The great ghost was my hero. So it wasn't all for nothing. And I was uh, lucky enough to speak to Kevin Conroy uh, recently, and he said of, of Adam West, uh, he was just one of those great gentlemen of the business. He was classy. He had a deep sense of decency about him. He was so respectful of other actors and very respectful of the material. Uh, there was a real dignity about him. He never made me feel like I was less. And I was a little nervous meeting him for the first time because I was filling his cowl. But he was so cool about it. He said, I had so much fun playing this role. It's your turn. And have a blast. Aww. Great guy, Adam West. While we're here, should we do a little toast to Adam West? We should, because we, we didn't do a tribute. Yeah. And here we go. Yeah. To Adam West. Yes. The Bright Knight. You know, I've been dear friends with Adam starting 15 minutes before our our screen test mm. in July of 1965. In five minutes, the two of us talking, we're laughing. We never stopped laughing. Mm. 50 years of laughing. Another of my, doesn't get a lot of shout outs, but another of my favorite episodes is season one, episode 24, uh, Mad as a Hatter, a moving tale of loneliness and obsession, which reimagines another cartoonish Batman villain, the Mad Hatter played by Roddy McDowell, the star of the Planet <laughs> of the Apes series. Yeah. It reimagines the Mad Hatter as a sad, desperate figure, obsessed with a pretty young woman. Are we all? <laughs> Alice? Oh, Billy! Should get that in Steven University. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you got my personal, personal favourite episode, uh, which is season one, episode six, It's Never Too Late, which is almost entirely absent of comic book trappings and you know, supervillains and superpowers. And it tells the story of Batman's efforts to show a crime boss the error of his ways. 
exploring issues like drug abuse and PTSD. Joey! Yes, and he's lucky. He'll pull through. Connie! Why didn't you call me? I didn't know until today. I'd never have known if it weren't for Batman. <sighs> Don't get any closer. The nurse said not to disturb him. I'll find the guy who got him hooked. Just look in the mirror. It was your drugs and your people who sell them. I left you to get away from what you're doing. Our son wasn't so lucky. Help stop it, Stromwell. All your power and money has bought you as an empire of misery. What do you want me to do? Close down the organization. Talk to the DA. Turn in all the records. It has to stop, Stromwell. It has to stop. Now. An empire of misery. Good band name. Um, and then to cap off a fantastic run, so in 1993, uh, Bruce Tim, Eric Radomsky, writer producer Paul Dini, and their team produced a feature length uh, animated Batman adventure. So it was originally intended as a director video release. Uh, but Mask of the Phantasm impressed studio executives so much that it was granted a theatrical release. Mm. Have you ever seen that? Mask of the Phantasm? No, I don't know. It's no, fantastic. I've got it on DVD. <laughs> we'll watch it after this. All right. <laughs> it's a, it, it tells the story uh, of Bruce Wayne falling in love uh, and he must choose between a chance at happiness and his sworn duty to fight injustice. And for me, it is one of the best Batman movies. I mean, you know, live action, animated, <laughs> whatever. What am I still doing this for? It's gotta be one or the other. I can't have it both ways. I can't put myself on the line as long as there's someone waiting for me to come home. Miss Beaumont would be glad to know you feel that way, Master Bruce. She's holding on line one, sir. Master Bruce? Alfred, I can't. Not now. What shall I say, sir? I... Don't know. I just don't know! It doesn't mean I don't care anymore. I don't want to let you down, honest, but... But... It just doesn't hurt so bad anymore. You can understand that, can't you? Look, I can give money to the city, they can hire more cops, let someone else take the risk, but it's different now. Please, I need it to be different now. I know I made a promise, but I didn't see this coming. I didn't count on being happy. Please, tell me that it's okay. Maybe they already have. Maybe they sent me. Bruce Wayne, he loves her so much, oh, you almost can't hack it. Yeah. The film was not a financial success. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it grossed just 5.6 million on a budget of 6 million. 
Um, ah. However, however, DVD sales exactly. Yeah. It was a huge hit with critics and fans, and has since become a commercial success through its various home video releases. Do you know Predator? It's got a complete tangent. Yeah. Predator apparently, like they they had to, what they said was the budget, and then apparently because like filming in a jungle and shit, mm. it cost like a shit ton more than they admitted <laughs> and so they were like yeah, yeah we, we, they were like we said Predator was a hit actually Predator broke even in like 2003 <laughs> from DVD sales like, <laughs> like oh. but it's clearly films, well, films that bomb at the box office are some, some of my favourites yeah. <laughs> there's always this bit in there it's like, well, we, uh, we, what you know, happened next yeah we, you know we love something and it's like now yeah it's fair to say that season two of the now retitled The Adventures of Batman and Robin doesn't hold up as well as, as the preceding Just don't run. put Robin in there. No one cares about Robin. It never ends well, does it? Oh, no. Batman Forever? Yeah. Robin. Yeah. Nah. Despite the success of the first season, Fox were still dissatisfied and saw fit to impose changes on the show. So as the new name of the show suggests, Robin, played by Lauren Lester, was now featured prominently in most episodes and the series as a whole took on a more light-hearted feel. This new Batman you know, still had you know, some good episodes, but didn't feel quite as you know, fresh and exciting as the series once did. It was clear that a change was needed. <laughs> so following a three-year break, in which time uh, Bruce, Tim and Paul Dini, uh, they focused their attentions on a new Superman cartoon, because again, they were big Superman fans from those old Fleischer cartoons. But then after, after a three-year break, the WB uh, requested new Batman episodes and a revamped version of the show, slightly more basic, uh, stripped back animation style, that ran for 24 episodes to great acclaim in the late 90s. You work with me, Tim. You follow the rules. Rule number one, you give me everything you've got. Rule number two, Then you give me more. And rule number three. Yeah. I make the rules. Watch out for that last one, kid. It's a killer. Dick. My word. Hey, no one can be a boy wonder forever. That was all very sexual. Several amazing things about that scene. One yeah. is that Bruce Wayne's uh, training of Tim Drake does sound, unfortunately, rather sexual. Grooming. Also, <laughs> also the moment in which Nightwing returns to the fold and Bruce Wayne just goes, oh, dick. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be helped. It cannot be helped. In 2017, still funny. someone being called dick is, is, is yeah. still funny. Uh, so, since, since the debut of the original Batman animated series, uh, it, its popularity and impact was so significant that uh, various elements that originated in the series have been brought into the regular continuity of the Batman comics. And uh, characters and, and things. And yeah, things. so characters and, 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 and uh, plot devices, and so they've been brought into the comics, but also then from that into later screen adaptations, mm. movies and so on. So uh, that includes the, the show's revamped origin for Mr. Freeze, uh, so originally he was just this gimmicky villain who liked freezing things because you know why not uh, and it, it, the Batman animated series uh, re-envisaged him as a 
uh, tragic figure who was driven by a love for his lost wife. Who so was, that was all from the TV series. Yeah. So so I mean, it's Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. But that was ta- the same ta- tackled it in, 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 in not quite as powerful a, a fashion. Yeah. The Iceman cometh. But yeah, that that all originated from Batman uh, the series. idea that he had this wife who was frozen. He was doing it same all for with her. Arkham Asylum or City. One of them. It had the, the same, same thing, thing yeah. right? One of the one of the Arkham games. Uh, there was also uh, a character, uh, Gotham City police officer Rene Montoya, who debuted on the show and was later introduced to the comic series. But I, I, you might know this, you might not. But most famously, the character of Harley Quinn. Yeah, um, I never knew this. No, like, so it originated in this. Yeah, very odd. So, so she's the, for those who don't know, the Joker's sidekick and deranged love interest. She was invented for the show. Uh, originally created for just one episode, yeah. she was only intended to appear in one episode, uh, and was added to uh, season one, episode seven, Joker's Favor, which I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was added at the last minute. Uh, Paul Paul Dini, the writer producer, he said, "I didn't really have any uh, plan for her other than the hench girl role. Uh, she was meant to be better at getting laughs out of the other gang members than the Joker was. I gave her the name Harley Quinn." Because I thought Harley was a fun name for a girl, and a lot of Batman character, a lot of Batman character names have a bit of a pun to them, like Enigma, Edward Enigma mm. the Riddler. So Harleen Quinzel was a natural fit for that, and so yeah, the character proved so popular that she was later written into the mainstream Batman comic book continuity, and has gone on to become I probably like one of the most mm. like recognized, especially at the moment post Suicide Squad. Yeah. She's now one of the most recognizable after Batman, Robin, uh, yeah. and the Joker. Maybe the fourth, again, the fourth was, most prominent Batman in the character. Arkham games as well. And yeah. I, when I was playing that, I just assumed she was in it from the yeah. 30s or something. I thought yeah. she had been in it forever. Well, she fits so well into into that sort of established. Uh, uh, one of the most popular mythology. like um, Halloween outfits there is, thanks to what's her name, Margot Robbie. This is Katana. <laughs> She's got my back. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever watch it. Cuts out, was it? Her sword retains the souls of its victims. It will provide me nothing. <laughs> I know this. There's yeah. no point in me watching it. Yeah. I, I, I heard a, a very funny comment on that, which was someone was like, oh, yeah, all these girls dressing up like Harley Quinn. So predictable. And, <laughs> so, and someone was like, yeah, because no guys ever dressed up as Batman. Did yeah. they? No, 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 never did that. No. <laughs> Miss Quinn. <gasps> Don't you knock before entering a lady's boudoir. I need help. Well, you've come to the right place. I recommend a lobotomy. The Joker's stolen a bomb. If I can't get to him in time, this city and everyone in it's going up in a mushroom cloud. So you want me to turn squealer on Mr. J? Ha! Sorry, B-Man. No deal. I've talked to Gordon and Dr. Bartholomew. You help me find the Joker, and they'll write your ticket out of here. If you promise no double-cross. Ah, shoot. Take all the fun out of life. I don't have time for jokes. Okay, okay, I promise. Shake? Oh, the irony of it. The grim, stalwart Dark Knight and his greatest female adversary fighting together to save the city. So, in addition to uh, Mask of the Phantasm, which we talked about in the Superman show, and uh, the new Batman Adventures, which was that, that second version of the show they did, uh, the original Batman the Animated Series also spun off Batman Beyond. Do you ever watch Batman Beyond? No. It was a, a futuristic series featuring a teenager named Terry McGuinness taking on the mantle of Batman under the guidance of an elderly uh, Bruce Wayne. And there were also a number of Justice League series that spun off from Batman, uh, all, all starring Kevin Conroy. But ultimately, though they each have 
their own appeal. For me, Batman Beyond and Justice League are good, but they don't quite ever quite match the brilliance of those early mm-hmm. uh, groundbreaking Batman episodes. Uh, it is pretty widely accepted that Batman the Animated Series is the greatest animated adaptation of mm-hmm. a comic book character, uh, but I'm going to be bold. Oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest that it's one of the best animated series ever produced. Whoa. In the US, at least. Calm down, Period. son. Period. Name Behave me. yourself. Name, name me something better. Name me something better. Well, any uh, casting adaptation? No, any animated series. Or any animated any, series. Any American animated series. American? It's better, it's better than uh, that uh, Batman animated series. DuckTales. I bet you can. It's good. It's good. Life is like a hurricane. Yeah. It speaks to me. No, but I've, I've heard that this is held in that kind of high regard. Jacques, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up now, and we're gonna stick Mask of the Phantasm on, and I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna win you over. Yeah. So that is uh, more or less it for this episode of Two Geeks Two Beers. One one final note from me mm-hmm. that if this podcast has wet your appetite, uh, I would strongly recommend picking up the book. It's a lovely coffee table book Ooh. called Batman Animated by Paul Dini and Chip Kidd, which details the show's journey. From uh, Bruce Timm's early sketches to the finished product. Chip Kid. Chip Kid is a great name. Uh, like the show that inspired it, it's, uh, the book is gorgeous to look at and packed full of wonderful material. Do you know what else is packed full of wonderful material, Tom? Mm-hmm. Two Geeks Two Beers.com. Yeah. Uh, which is our website. Have 34 episodes to go through now. Yeah, where uh, yeah, you can get all our previous episodes and, and this one mm-hmm. uh, on our website. Uh, they're also on. Uh, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and uh, if, if you're subscribed on iTunes you can rate you can review yes you, please do what, what you want is the whole iTunes experience you want the whole yeah. podcast experience don't just listen no. also rate and review yeah. make it interactive be part of the two bump us up the charts experience yeah. yeah thanks thanks guys obviously you can also find us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram obviously at two geeks cast and all of those Snapchat coming soon I don't think I'll ever do Snapchat. We're, not, Snapchat. we're too old for Snapchat. Yeah, old for I will Snapchat. never understand how it works. Yeah, I don't know. But that. we are on those things, so please give us a follow on there, yes. and you'll get lots of goodies you might only get on certain platforms. Ooh. You know, social little, social exclusive, social nuggets, you know, <laughs> social nuggets, little, little photos here and there of what yeah. we're up to and all sorts. So uh, uh, yeah, and uh, you can also email us, mm-hmm. which is uh, podcast at two geeks two beers dot com. Yeah. You can say. You know, send us ideas for future episodes. Yeah, you, you might might send us feedback. Yeah, why does Morgan only do stuff about comic books? <laughs> why hasn't Tom seen Batman the Animated Series? What kind of what kind of what kind of nerd is he? Uh, yeah. yeah, so so anything like that, we, yeah. we'd we'd love to read it. Why are you doing more gaming episodes? Why are you do more gaming episodes? Yeah. Maybe we will. Back oh, off. Yeah, all right, mate. Calm actually, down. Do you want to stop sending us emails? Yeah. Anything? You're getting too many. <laughs> I'm, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> no, uh, to to play us out. Yeah. There are many, many uh, beautiful instrumental tracks featured on the soundtrack to Batman the Animated Series, and I'm not going to be playing any of them. Um, <laughs> so here's Who's the Batman for the Lego Batman movie, featuring Patrick Stump from Fall Out Boy. So fuck it! Oh, yeah. 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 See you next yeah. time! Yeah. In the darkest night, I make the bad guys fall. There's a million heroes, but I'm the best of them all.
Who's the manliest man?